Welcome back to another episode of the Strugglehood Podcast. I'm your host, Jess, and ask me what the fuck has been going on for the last four days. I'll tell you, absolute motherfucking chaos in my house. Um, Last weekend, the kids had a three-day weekend because Martin Luther King Jr. Day was on Monday, so they didn't have school. And then on Friday, they had a snow day, and today they had a snow day. We got literally shit on with white stuff today. A lot more snow than I've been expecting. A lot more snow than I think I've seen in I don't even know how long. And it's just been absolute chaos in my house. By the way, our house is like tiny. I'm thankful and grateful that we even have a house to live in. So like, I don't want to complain. However, having three kids who are on top of one another seemingly constantly makes me need to seek Zen on a minute by minute basis. For instance, right now, our youngest child, Charlie, who is about to be 13 months old, is just like in this really spooky, scary phase where she'll wake up in the morning, be in a fine chipper mood, and then she's like ready for a nap. She's rubbing her damn eyes. She's ready for a nap by like, I don't know, like 10, the latest. Takes like literally a 15 minute nap. And then she'll get up. She'll be good. She'll eat lunch, but she slowly goes downhill after each little nap of the day. And just like each hour that progresses, she's just like on a downward spiral. So then she needs a nap again by like one o'clock, but she fights it and then naps around two, takes a solid nap, but she wakes up and she is just like new phone who dis. She is not the same baby as that woke up in this morning and is just like crazy wild times in my house. So this weekend has been super long. We had so many things to do. But alas, here we are for another episode. This week I am reading for the theme let's talk partners and basically i found three stories three yeah three that go over like various parenting situations with having a partner and where i have one of those i feel like i can relate so episode three let's get into it shall we? <laughs> right into this episode the first story that i have is from the subreddit parenting and it says am i wrong for being annoyed at my husband also side note i am giving my two cents about these stories kind of off the cuff i did read them originally when i found these stories i think like two months ago and i have been saving them for when i knew i was going to need them um and i have not reread them until just now so Going to be giving my thoughts off the cuff. I usually, for the past two episodes, have kind of like had an outline, but we're just going to wing it. I've had like the craziest fucking week of my entire life. Um, But anywho, we're just going to jump right into it. So first one says, am I wrong for being annoyed at my husband? My husband and I have been together for seven years and have two beautiful boys together. I'm a stay-at-home mom and he works on the railroad. Since I am a stay-at-home mom, he says that it is my job, quotes, 
Um, and I need to treat it as such. So he does not help with the cleaning or the kids. It never used to bother me until recently. Usually when I wake up, I like to relax and drink my coffee and take my time. And then when my one-year-old goes to nap, I start cleaning. It's the way it works best for me. My husband thinks I need to start cleaning right after I wake up because that's when you would do it at a job. Lots of air quotes. <laughs> a few days ago, he was upset that I did not start the dishes yet. So I did. So he did them himself. This is probably the third time he's done dishes in the past seven years. He then proceeded to tell me if someone at my job had to pick up my slack, I would feel really bad. So I told him it's not slack if it is also your kids in your house. Now a few times a day, he mentions me, quote unquote, working. Am I wrong to be upset about this? And it is just so frustrating to me. First of all, you've been working on the railroad a little too long, pal, because it is 2023. And where I would say... Based on the things that I come across in the internet, there are a vast majority of people who are stay-at-home parents, be it a mother, a father, or whomever, a parent of some sort. Usually there is one parent in a household that is generally a stay-at-home parent. That is not saying that there aren't two people in a house that go to work, put their kids in daycare, have childcare, what have you. However, I think it's safe to say that it's more common to have one parent always at home, whether it be a mom or a dad, and while the other partner is like going to work, whether it be at Target or a railroad, whatever. I think it's a little outdated, his thinking, um, especially in today's society where literally being a stay-at-home parent is the equivalent of what... I don't know what the statistic specifically is. I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's like the equivalent of working three jobs and the salary. If you were to actually work out a salary for a stay at home parent, it's like three and a half jobs. With that being said, I think this man needs to kiss my fucking ass. And I would tell him that if I was his wife and it's just incredibly sad that there are literally parents or partners to a stay at home parent that think that they can make the rules of the person who's staying home. It's It just doesn't make sense to make the comment of, you know, if I had to pick up your slack, what slack, brother? She's picking up your slack, if anything. Literally, she's doing your dishes. She's doing your shitty ass laundry. She is doing the floors, the bathrooms, watching and raising your child and help shape them into being productive humans of society, hopefully. To literally say... That, like, you need to get up when I get up because you go to work on the railroad and start work at, a like, a different hour. No. My, let me just lay out my, like, routine for you, okay? I wake up in the morning. And mind you, I am blessed and obsessed with the fact that I have a husband who is who he is. I know that a, he is a rare gem and it is not common to find a husband like mine. However, if you are also a person who has a husband or partner such as mine, chef's kiss, we need to count our lucky stars. But any hoozles. So for me, my husband typically is the one who gets up with the kids, brings them to school, gets up with the baby because he starts work at nine o'clock. He works from home and doesn't have to like get up extra early and drive to like an office. None of that spooky business because COVID happened and honestly... That was one of the best things that to come out of the pandemic for us. I'm not saying that the pandemic should have ever happened or there, or that there hasn't been a ton of loss, but for us, it's a blessing that 
because of the pandemic, he now gets to work from home permanently and he gets to be present, more present in our lives than if he worked at an office job, which he used to do prior to the pandemic. But he gets up with the baby and the kids, brings them to school while I am resting my little head in my bed. And usually I I try to wake up by like 830 so that I'm awake and ready to rumble by the time he has to clock in at nine. But sometimes, you know, I snooze till 10 and he encourages me to sleep as late as I can, but I just have like crazy guilty feelings. So I don't do that. I don't, I, I don't like to sleep in as late as I am allowed to or privileged to um, because I have anxiety. So I just, I try to get up by 830 so that I can be down here for when he starts work at nine. And then I sit my ass down with a Red Bull on the fucking couch and I watch Judge Judy until I am good damn and ready to start doing things. The house gets done when I am good damn and ready. Lunch. Whenever the baby's ready to eat lunch, we eat lunch. I have my routine in getting the kids, picking them up from school. I have a couple like side end jobs. I also run my own business. So yes, my husband works from home and has to clock in and report to people. I also work from home. I'm a work at home, working at home, stay at home working parent, I think is what we call it. Stay at home working parent. I run a business and it's not just like some fun little hobby business. It literally, I am a one man rodeo show and I deal with contracts. I deal with all sorts of stuff. Running a photography business is crazy busy work and I absolutely love it, but it is absolutely chaotic at the same time. But I am like, however my day unfolds is however my day unfolds. And whenever I want to start my damn day is when I'm going to start my damn day. Obviously, if we have appointments, I'm getting up for those. If my husband needs something, I'm getting up to do that. But we have a really unstrict schedule in this house. And I am thankful that my husband helps with the morning routines and he brings those kids to school and he is a blessing and I love him. With that said, I just think that even if you don't have a partner such as mine that stays home and does all these things to help me throughout the day, it's hard when you don't have, like if I remember not having any support at home because he would go to the office and I would have to take care of kids at home, two of them by myself. And they would be running around wreaking havoc on my life all day. And then he would come home and it's like super late at night. Cause he drove like an hour and a half each way to work. Like I get that people go to work and they come home and are tired and whatever, but to have and set expectations on the parent who doesn't ever leave the house get a fucking grip top comment on this says okay clock in for eight hours of work per day and then clock out one person simply can't do all the housework and childcare. that's the thing right when you are looked at as nothing but a stay-at-home parent and you're expected to do those duties all the time no there has to be a line drawn like when your partner gets home from work it is their responsibility and equally their job to step in with the childcare, step in with the cooking step in with the cleaning All of the things to make a functional home and family work. When my husband went to work and then would drive home, he was still helping with dinner. He was still helping with laundry. He was still helping with the kids, schoolwork if they had it, bathing, all the things. Because that is just what a parent does. For stay-at-home parents, you don't clock in at 8 o'clock and then clock out at 4 o'clock. It's all the time. But when your partner gets home from work, they're still expected to help with those duties. And there just should not be like a job description of you need to do this, 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 and this by this time. You know, report me to me at, you know, this hour, whatever. That's just not how that works. 
Someone said, seriously, he's walking right into that one. I haven't clocked in yet. What a complete jerk. My husband is off to provide for our family. We both appreciate each other a lot. I can't imagine how miserable it would be to have a partner who didn't appreciate what you did for your family. Yeah, literally, dude, suck my dick, first of all. Third of all, show a little bit of appreciation for the person who, again, is shaping your child by staying home with them losing part of their identity by not ever probably leaving the house, being able to have that freedom to go out and do the things that they want to do, feed their own career desires and their own passions. It is sincerely hard. I have three kids. Two of them now go to school. Thank the Lord. Teachers are severely, severely underpaid. But my kids go to school. I am home with one baby. I started my business eight years ago, never had a baby during my full-time part of my business. So by the time I was full-time in my business, my kids were a little bit older and more independent. And so I was felt like it was much more manageable to juggle working at home with the two older kids. Trying to get the shit that I need done in the house on top of running my business, on top of caring for a crazy, wild third child, like now one-year-old, get out of my face. Literally get out of my face. I am so, I will say this till the cows come home. I am so thankful that I have a partner who literally helps me with everything. He does the dishes. He does the laundry. He cleans the bathroom because I fucking hate cleaning the bathroom. He would probably scrub my ass if I asked him to, honestly, because he is a saint. There was one time when we first got married and we got married pretty fast. We've known each other our entire lives, but I had moved to the state that he was living in down south and newly married, very recently moved down there. And I got violently ill, violently ill to the point where I was actually hospitalized. Don't know what it was to this day. They said it was food poisoning. I don't buy that bullshit. But like I was in the shower throwing up and I'm so sorry if this is like going to disgust anyone, but I was in the shower throwing up chunks of everything that you could ever imagine from that I ate that day and he was like oh my god it's okay I'm sobbing because I hate throwing up I am a baby back bitch about throwing up I was sobbing in the shower butt ass naked and throwing up all over myself in the shower and he was like it's okay I got it and he was just like scooping my vomit out of the fucking shower that is all I needed to know (laughs) to know that he was going to be an amazing partner for life so honey I know you're listening to this Thank you, XOXO. Next comment says, ask him who he thinks his boss is or who he thinks your boss is. Yeah, ain't that motherfucker. It ain't your goddamn mans. He ain't your boss. You are your own boss. When you are a stay-at-home parent, you are your own boss. You are working hard to make sure that those tiny little humans or human, if you only have one, are surviving. You're trying to make sure that you survive because this shit is literally wackadoodle lazy. So crazy. Another person says, ask why he gets to clock out of his job, but yours is 24-7. Period. Period. That comment right there got 2.3 upvotes at the time of me screenshotting this. Literally, why are, why do we have to be on the job 24-7, but he gets to come home, probably crack a beer, put his feet up, and be like, make me dinner. That is so, like, 1930s bullshit. Any hoozles. That is that one. I get really crazy about this stuff. I just don't like the stigmas that are placed on stay-at-home parents and the expectations of people who are not the stay-at-home parent. Literally, please, if three, leave us be. Next one also comes from the subreddit parenting. And it says, husband left toddler and car to run into gas station. 
I told my husband I was not okay with him leaving her in the car to run into the store regardless if the doors were locked. And his response was, I just won't take her if I can't make a simple stop. And I said, that's fine. I don't know how to make him understand that this isn't me just being overprotective. It's for her physical safety. She's only three and should not be left alone in the car anywhere. Just to note, he is a very involved and wonderful father and husband. We just have different viewpoints on this and I think I am right and need him to understand why. I think that the husband, your husband slash the dad of your child probably truly doesn't mean any harm. And it is one of those things where I've seen a few of these stories where people have no ill intention on leaving their child in the car to just run in and grab something super quick because it is literally a challenge and a half when you have to unbuckle haul them in. Oftentimes you're carrying them, get just the one, two simple things that you need, haul them back outside. You're exhausted from having to carry them, strap them back in and they get on your way. Where if you just, you know, lock the door, put them in their car seat and ran in, it would take hopefully like two minutes. However, in today's society, anything can happen in two seconds. Anything can happen in the blink of an eye. Whether your doors are locked or not, you just, you you can't bank on the fact that they're safe. I mean, at three years old, they probably are smart enough to be able to figure out how to get out of their car seat. I'm sure they've watched you do it a million and one times. You, you just, you simply don't know the kind of danger that can happen. The odds of something happening every single time that you run to the store, probably not high. However, it's just not a good idea to to gamble that anything can happen so fast. It literally takes the blink of an eye for something to go wrong so quickly. And you don't want to ever chance that, especially with your children, take that chance and that gamble of something going wrong. I mean, you see parents all the time on the news who are so in their head about, you know, getting to work on time, the task that they have ahead, what have you. And they forget their kid in the back seat and they move on and then they come out and their child is dead in the back seat because they thought they brought them to school. They were so distracted. You can go into the store with the intention of running in for 30 seconds and then get distracted because you run to an old friend or you get caught up in doing something. Not to be dramatic. I mean, there are cars where you can start the car, lock them in. They have the AC, they have the heat, whatever. Um, I just don't feel like, especially at three years old, it's safe. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I would be left in the car at the gas pump to go inside. I'm not a perfect parent, and I'm not saying I have not ever done that. Like I've talked previously, when I was a younger parent, my kids were, my older two were younger. You know, I'm not saying that there wasn't a time where I knew it was okay. I had my eyesight on them. I love, it's never okay, but I had them in the car. I locked the door. I ran inside. I had my eyes on my car the entire time. I knew nothing was going to happen to them, but I couldn't think I know as much as I, you know, as much as I do, but something could easily happen. There could be somebody who takes their car and runs right into the fucking gas pump. I mean, there, there are just a million things that could happen in today's society that it's just not worth it to gamble. Now, I mean, thankfully, like I said, my husband works from home. So if I need to run to the store, nine times out of 10, I am not bringing 
my youngest child with me. I'm not bringing any of my kids with me. They'll stay home with my husband. I'll wait till Charlie's taking a nap. He has the monitor. He's working. Um, you know, I wait to do things till my kids are in school or I'll only take one of them because I mean, like I talked about in the stranger danger episode on top of me, just having anxiety about going to the store and thinking somebody's going to snatch my children. I mean, that could easily happen at, at the gas station that could easily happen where somebody, when you're not looking to close your door or something could easily just happen. And so while your husband is probably not meaning to do anything wrong, he probably just thinks that, you know, I've got this, I'm fine. And you know, it might be, he might be embarrassed that he's doing it, but it, it really is. I feel like the great divide between a lot of people, um, edit to add, this gained a lot more attention than I anticipated, and I shared it with my husband after the first 10 comments, and he agreed he wouldn't take her with him if he didn't plan to take her inside with him. He understood my concern, and some people brought up great points. I hadn't even thought of the Karens and CPS. After reading some of these comments, not all the way, there's too many, I just want to note that every parent decides what risks they are comfortable taking with their child and their and a respectful relationship to the other parent listens and adjusts behavior as appropriate. We have always had a respectful relationship where the other can express concerns. I've adjusted my behavior too, because I know I can be overprotective at times. I do not think my husband is a neglectful parent. He is a great dad and very involved. This is just an area where I felt the risk is going to risk of going in to get a water did not justify leaving a three-year-old alone. She's an easy enough kid and we have been fine going in and getting water if it was necessary to get the water rather than waiting 10 more minutes until they were home i'm done reading these thank you for those who provided helpful response responses regardless of your viewpoint i mean that's another thing right aside from the safety risk you have people who will see that not know that you've only been gone for 20 seconds and bust your fucking window in call the cops call cps and i'm sorry if i pass by a vehicle and I saw a child sitting in there, I probably would be a little judgmental. I would obviously, you know, try to locate the parents, you know, wait around, make sure that nothing happens to the child, whatever. But I mean, you know, when it's hot out or, you know, whatever, there's any amount of time, again, something can just happen. And there are unfortunately people who will take your license plate and call CPS and say, hey, you, this person was in the store for X amount of time. They left their child in the car, a very young child, three-year-old. And I mean, you just don't want to have to deal with that. It's especially a three-year-old child who can probably walk by herself. I'm assuming, I don't know, but it's, I'm sure it sounds like based on what the OP said that the child, you know, is pretty easy going. It's easy enough to just take her in, get the water if you need it. Like, like OP said, if they can't wait the 10 minutes, you, you're going to have to take the kid in. And that's where I feel like good communication with your partner comes into play because I know for me, my husband and I, though initially our feelings might be hurt and we might butt heads, we always come to an agreement and understanding and take time to really reflect and see each other's viewpoints. I unfortunately have a hard time swallowing my pride. So when I'm called out for something, right? So if I was the parent who is, you know, still going into the store and leaving my child locked in the car, I, um, I would probably be embarrassed if my husband called me out for that. And because I, you know, it's, I don't have any ill will on doing anything, but I think it's important that he or, you know, OP felt safe enough to be able to have that conversation with her husband and that they were able to come to some sort of resolution and understanding. It's one of those things where her husband might not agree with it or her partner might not agree with it, but where there is safety 
in play between children, um, like your children and different scenarios that come up, you always want to play it safe. I won't go into detail, but there, you know, my husband and I have been in a similar situation regarding, you know, decisions in a vehicle with our children. And, you know, it was a heated thing in the moment when we first kind of addressed it, but then, you know, we work through it. And as long as you have good communication and clear understanding, and, you know, these are my boundaries, do not go into the store without my child in your arms. I don't want that. There's a, that's a safety risk. And, you know, as long as there's understanding, I think everybody's able to work together. And it sounds like, um, you know, her, her partner really didn't have any ill intentions at all. It just, the mom just was like, no, that's not something I'm going to put up with. Um, top comment said, if your three-year-old is old enough to unbuckle herself and open the car door, I'll tell you what happened to me. That still scars me to this day. When I was a newly licensed driver at 16 years old, I was at a gas station pulling away from the pump and suddenly heard people screaming from all angles. I slammed on my brakes and saw an adult wildly running in front of my car and scooped something up. It was a child. Could not have been more than three years old, and I couldn't even see her over my dash. Thank the Lord I did not drive a few more feet or I would have run her over. Dad left her in the car for just a second to run into the store, and she apparently got out of the car on her own and started walking away. Unfortunately, Dad cussed me out and screamed at me, and I remember being extremely shook up because obviously I wouldn't ever try to run over a child on purpose. I, but I may... It made me realize how quickly a kid can get themselves into trouble when not supervised. I went home and cried for a long time all that uh, on that day, and I'm sure the parents felt pretty shook up too. I remembered that when I had my own kids and never felt them in... What does that say? I remember that when I had my own kids and never left them in the car for that reason. Like I said, kids can get unbuckled from their car seat easily at that age, and they can open the door, and then they can leave. And then, you know... It can be one of those things where somebody might not know that you're inside the store. They just find a child wandering around and then suddenly is this huge ordeal or the wrong person's there at the wrong time or right time. If you're the child snatcher and I don't, did that come out wrong? <laughs> There's never a right time to child snatch. But what I'm saying is like if a child snatcher's on the prowl and that child just happened to unbuckle herself in the 30 seconds that her dad's inside getting water and gets out of the car and a child snatcher just happens to be like, oh, let me snatch this child. And then your baby's gone. And all you did was go inside for 30 seconds. Two minutes for a water. Two minutes doesn't seem like a long time. But two minutes is a fucking long time for somebody who has abducted a child to get away. Two minutes is a very long time. Um, that I mean, the other thing is, you know, I have a story where I was nine months pregnant or just about to be full term, um, very, very pregnant with my daughter. And I was just waiting for her to arrive. And I was staying with my sister cause it was my first and my daughter's biological child was not in the picture. Thank God. I actually listened to this back because I meant my, um, daughter's biological father, not my daughter's biological child. So staying with my sister so that if I went to labor, She'd be able to help me get to the hospital and whatever. And I remember I left her house and I was like, I'm going to go to my house, get my things, and then I'll be back. And on the way to my apartment to get my stuff, I see a toddler, probably almost two years old, one and a half, running down the middle of a very busy road. We call it, I think, a highway, but it's not. It's a one re one lane on either side, but it's a main route to get to a lot of the, like, um, 
more more country areas in our state. Um, and there was a a baby in her diaper, no shoes, no clothes, running down the fucking middle of the road. And what drove me crazy is I stopped, and there were other cars that were just going around the baby. And I remember the fear because this is, I was pregnant with my first child. I was just about to give birth. I remember the absolute fear that ran through my body when I saw that child in the middle of the road, just walking around, not knowing what's going on, no, no care in the world. And all these other cars are just going around the kid and like going on their way. I jumped up out of my car. I ran at nine months pregnant down the fucking road. And I was like, I probably look like a crazy bitch right now, but I was like, come here. It's okay. Like I was having a panic attack and I just remember like, I felt like I was going to throw up because my adrenaline was just pumping so hard and I grabbed the baby and the baby was like adjacent to a house and there were like a few houses, but like, I couldn't really tell which one was. So I picked the one that was kind of closest to us and I'm yelling like, hello, hello, like walking back into the yard and I'm not seeing anyone. I knocked on the door. Nobody answered. And the baby was cool as a cucumber with me holding her. No crying, no nothing. Just like, let me scoop her up. And I walk around back and I called 911 and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but there was this baby in the road. And so the cops show up and I'm like yelling around like, hello, is there anybody here? And then there was like a camper in the backyard where like a bunch of adults were and they all came out and they were like, oh my God, what happened? I was like, I freaked the fuck out. I was like, your fucking child was just running in the middle of a crazy busy road with nothing on and you're literally nowhere to be seen. Like, and all I can picture in my head is what if that poor baby had been hit by a car? What if I wasn't there to stop and help that baby? What if the wrong person had stopped and helped that baby? Those people would have never known what happened to her. And in in today's society, we're like, crime junkies a thing and all these true crime podcasts, I'm just thinking like, thank God I was there when I was in that image of when I stopped my car and saw that baby in the road will live in my head forever. But like this person easily could have accidentally ran over the child, not knowing, not being able to see over the front of your car, just accidentally ran over a child and that the emotional damage that that would have and like psychological damage that that would have done to that poor driver who was just trying to pull away from the car because dad wanted to run in for 30 seconds to grab a water and their three-year-old child knew how to get out of the car. Things happen just so fast. It's so fast. And it's like, it is negligence. It really, when, it, when things happen, it is negligence. You weren't trying to be negligent. You weren't trying for anything bad to happen, but like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Every time I, every time I like tell that story, I get goosebumps and I get stressed and sweaty. Ah. Um, someone commented a list of various scenarios that should he, ugh, that he should consider what happens if, um, of something. Oh my God. This person did not type this right. What happens if something happens to him and no one knows about it? No, no one knows. No one knows about the kid. What if something happens to the toddler and they can't get anyone's attention? What if someone doesn't realize that there is a kid in the car before trying to take it? 
What if a well-intentioned bystander sees a kid alone and calls cops and or breaks in to rescue them? This doesn't put a kid in harm, harm's way necessarily, but will get CPS involved and could risk charges of negligence. I only leave kids in my car when they can get themselves out of the car while also being trusted to be un- unbuckled in the car, so no playing with things um, or getting out if they get bored. Well, you should never leave your kids in the car long enough that they could get bored, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's another thing to consider. What if dad goes into the store and has a fucking heart attack and then they haul that guy away and the dude's car is just sitting there with a three-year-old in the back? Hypothetical, more than likely not to happen, but I mean, who? what's that football player's name? Damar Hamlin, who we didn't expect him to go down and have a heart attack and go into cardiac arrest and essentially die on the field playing a football game he plays football all the time we didn't think that was going to happen what if they don't realize someone's in the car and a robber's trying to take it another fucking crazy story i was at my house (laughs) with my two kids playing outside and i had just gone in my car to get my sunglasses and we were going to go inside eat lunch and come right back out (laughs) i was inside for five minutes, when my brother-in-law, because we were living at my sister's house at the time, when my brother-in-law texts me and says, hey, were you just in, like, did you need something out of my truck because the door is open? And I said, no. And I don't know what prompted me, but I went upstairs to look and ask and be like, that was weird. Um, And I go upstairs and I'm looking at my brother-in-law from across the driveway, not knowing that my car wasn't there. My car that I had just gotten my sunglasses out of. I did not realize that my car was gone and I'm looking at him and he goes, he, he thought I had left because my car was not in the driveway anymore. And he goes, where's your car? And I look around and I'm like, oh, where the fuck is my car? And I'm like looking down. Cause we like lived at the top of a hill. I looked down. I'm like, did it roll down the fucking hill? No, it didn't roll down the hill. It was just like straight up gone. I had just gotten my sunglasses out. And then I go inside for five minutes to make, some goddamn lunch for my kids and my car's gone. <laughs> so like literally you cannot even be trying to do anything wrong. Just living at your own house and something crazy could happen. So again, it can take 30 seconds. It can take two minutes. It can take five minutes for something to go like really fucking wrong. So long story short, um, you know, just don't do it. Just don't do it. So, that is that. Moving on to the final story. I just realized I uh, read these out of order, but, you know, whatever. Also coming from the subreddit r slash parenting, this one says, is what my husband said to our daughter out of line or am I overreacting? Our kids just started playing with the neighbor kids recently. My oldest daughter is eight and it seems that she may be going through some early puberty. The neighbor's daughter is 10. They are an athletic family and their mom watches their sugar intake. I do with mine as well, but not super strict about it. I was telling my husband this yesterday as the neighbor's kid was coming over our house asking for candy. The conversation went like this. Me. Yeah, their mom is super strict about their sugar intake. Sugar intake. Husband. Yeah, I can tell. Their kids are all athletic. He proceeds to tell my daughter, my oldest daughter. Husband. You see how the neighbor's body is thin? That's because they don't eat a lot of sugar. My daughter. She pauses. I'm not fat. Husband, I'm not saying you are fat, but if you want to be leaner, you have to cut down on the sugar and sweets. I lost my shit after she left the room. I've worked so hard to build her self-esteem, and so far she's 
very self-confident. This is a tough age for her own father to say something like this to her, and it's so so damaging. I told him that this was way out of line and completely insensitive for him to say that to our eight-year-old. His response was, you're projecting your own insecurities on her. Please tell me how this can be damaging or if I'm overreacting. I haven't spoken to a word to my husband after this, and I'm so mad at him for it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so... Unfortunately, this is a very triggering subject. I am personally going to talk about some of my childhood trauma revolving eating and food and dieting and exercise. So if you are at all sensitive to this kind of information, please skip this last part of the episode. I was a child who was subject to being fat shamed and restricted in a lot of ways as a child by my dad. Um, my parents divorced when I was six. So growing up from pretty much everything I can remember about my childhood, um, I lived in two different house households, primarily with my mom, but I would go to my dad's house every other weekend during the school year and then would go to his house every other week for a week off and on throughout the summer. I have always been a heavier girl, not because of overeating, not because, you know, I am not healthy. I don't have healthy habits. I mean, could I eat much healthier? I'm sure we all could. But as a child growing up who goes through many growth spurts, who lives in a world where Bullying and nitpicking and being fat is projected as being bad. And having a dad who now as an adult, I realized struggled with his body and ultimately projected that onto his fat child. So I was unfortunately the uh, fat child out of all of my siblings. And to give you some context, when, you know, my dad loved eating cookies and having raw cookie dough in the fridge and sweets and M&Ms and chocolate milk. And, you know, he ended up going into the police academy. Um, I'm fidgeting. So if you hear clicking, it's me fidgeting because I'm nervous. I don't like this topic. Um, but he went into the police academy when I was 11 and got very thin, super fit, fitness, fittest I've ever seen him. And I remember him being a very large guy up until that point. Um, but anytime, you know, a cookie would go missing or he would eat a cookie and forget that he ate the cookie, I was blamed for it. And as I got into my teen years and he was married to my not anymore stepmother, who was super thin, went, worked out, my first time meeting her you know, she had her fucking thong out, but she was like, she was just, she showed off her body. She was proud of it. And she had a six pack. I I remember her having abs of some sort. Um, and my dad was so obsessed with how fit she was. And in my teen years is when I really got the brunt end of the fact that I was a bigger child. Um, my step siblings and my siblings would all be able to go to the grocery store and pick out, you know, the snacks that they wanted, the sweets, the little Debbie's. And I would be restricted to 
you know, the fiber 10 bars and all the shit that didn't taste good. As a teen who was going through hell between two houses and late puberty, but also going through like a roller coaster of emotions where my emotions weren't valid or regulated and mental issues and just so many. My childhood is so fucked. Childhood is so fucked up. But my dad also at 12 years old, while everyone else was having a fun summer, I was forced to go to the gym with my stepmom and work out on the elliptical and not you know, I I had to make sure I, I watched what I ate and worked out and I I hated it. I absolutely hated it. There was a time where when I was 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that range. I, I remember a lot of this when I was 12. So I, I say he's 12. He would like to go running at the high school track, go up and down the bleachers, run laps, whatever. That was his thing. And he would make me go. And he would force me to run laps around the track until I threw up. And then he would get in my face and say, good, we, we need to keep going. This is good for you. You need to learn how to, you know, not eat so much shit and get fit. Do you want to be fat like your aunt and like all this crazy stuff? I am currently in therapy working on all of my childhood traumas and eating issues because I have come to realize that I have disordered eating and I have a lot of obsessive thoughts about eating and negative dialogue revolving myself when I consume anything. And it's very subconscious at this point, but it, everything my dad did to me, everything he ever said to me about my weight, my body image, do you want to be fat like this person? You're going to fucking die. All this shit, right? That has all shaped me as an adult and all the negative dialogue that I have about myself, all the times that I sit and cry about how much I hate my body. I have literally things wrong with me as to why I, you know, can't lose weight as easily as other people. But having a parent who subjected you to that, especially in the most formative years of like one's life, I would probably go to jail if my husband ever said anything and my husband would never my husband again he is a saint i love him xoxo but if i were this op and that was my husband i probably would end up decking him right in the fucking face quite literally honestly um especially the fact that her daughter doesn't think of herself in a negative light at this point doesn't see anything wrong with her body that seed of self depreciation when it comes to body image is now planted in that child at eight years old. My daughter is eight years old. I simply cannot imagine ever, 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 ever saying that to her unless her doctor is saying, Hey, you know, because we ran her blood, you know, if, if her doctor, her pediatrician, ran a full blood panel and it came back as you know showing as signs of pre-diabetes and whatever which would not happen to an eight-year-old more than likely would not happen to an eight-year-old and if my daughter my daughter my daughter's doctor was like you know she needs to watch her diet a little bit more you know encourage more exercise whatever okay we can work that into it but you will not catch me dead telling my daughter 
you, uh, I'm not saying you're fat, but if you want to be leaner, you have to cut down on sugar and sweets. I would much rather go to prison than ever allow anyone to say that to my kid. In this house, we do not depreciate ourselves. We do not talk negatively about ourselves. I mean, I unfortunately have the bad habit of saying stupid shit in front of my kids sometimes in a more joking manner, but I know that like them hearing that can sometimes not be the greatest thing. So it, I'm working on it. Um, but like, I would never look at my kid at any point of their life, unless I knew that their health was in literal detriment. I would not ever comment on their body or their image or what they're eating. I mean, my son will eat me at a house and home. He has the metabolism of, oh my God, a wild rapid river. He loves to eat junk food, but we find a balance of, okay, you've had this many sweets. Why don't you choose cheese or yogurt or fruit? We help him find a balance without telling him, yeah, you eat like shit. You need to watch what you eat. You're going to get fat. You know, you could be leaner. First of all, my freaking kid, my son, who is seven, has like a six pack. It is the craziest shit. He is all muscle. He is so solid. He is one year younger than my oldest. And he weighs quite a few pounds more than him, more than my oldest daughter, his older sister. But he is solid. He is all muscle and he is athletic. He's so good at sports. Um, And so like at the end of the day, you know, if he needs to eat, he needs to eat. And I'm not going to watch everything he eats and I'm not going to project that onto him. That is just like they're kids and especially going into the preteen years where like my daughter is so smart and very observant and we unfortunately <laughs> sadly just had to break the news I'm looking around and it's like what time is it it's 11:06 so like my kids should be in bed but like my husband and I just had to have a conversation about the red suited man at christmas time and it's like they're just they're going like she she i think knew without really telling us because she we had she made a comment about um seeing spider-man and she goes yeah sometimes i just act like i believe when i don't actually like i know the truth like i know the truth or something she says something along those lines my husband and i just looked at each other when we brought it up when she wasn't in the room we're like oh i think we need to tell her and like she's when we told her she was like yeah you know i always wondered about the whole chimney thing and like we have an alarm system and he just came into the house that's confusing and um you know, kids at that age, they're very observant. They're very intuitive. Um, they, they like, there are some times where Skylar is like, you know, I feel like a bad kid or Zach, you know, Zachary is seven. He is very hard on himself. And we try hard to, you know, pump these kids up and reassure them and tell them how smart and creative and outgoing and fun and sweet and caring they are. We try so hard to be almost too much with how affectionate and expressive we are with how much we love them and how much we're proud of them and all those things. I never had that as a kid, but what I do remember is how much my dad didn't want me to be fat because he was so insecure with himself being fat. And because I was a heavier set child, he, he instilled those negative thoughts and emotions in essentially all the negative dialogue I have about myself stems from him instilling that into me. Um, I mean, on the other side of this whole thing, my mom was, a struggling single mom and we lived off of welfare and food stamps. And, you know, when the food stamps ran out, we didn't have food, not, not much food until 
you know, the next month when the stew food stamps got reloaded onto the card. Um, and, you know, so I, I would go between a house where I was severely restricted and what I was allowed to eat. And I had that negative dialogue to a home where, you know, we weren't restricted. My mom didn't care what we ate, but we just didn't have a lot of it. So we, you know, there were times where we had to ration our food and, you know, not eat so many bowls of cereal and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, fuck this husband. Long motherfucking story short. Fuck this husband. That poor baby does not need to be subjected to his hatred and his whatever he's got going on with himself. He needs to just like cut the shit. Top comment says not over not overreacting. Your daughter didn't ask how or what she can do to become leaner. He insinuated she's overweight and that isn't right. Yeah, baby girl was literally not worried about nothing until he planted that seed. And that is the most fucked up shit. Truly, honestly. Comment below that says the evidence is that the daughter's response was I'm not fat. Like she obviously understood that her father was talking about the neighbor girl being skinny. I would, oh God, oh my God. I just remember, right? I remember being that age and trying to impress my friends. And, you know, I had people who bullied me at school for being fat. I had people who talked about my weight and, you know, at the middle school dances, nobody wanted to dance with me because I was the fat girl. And like, she's not even fat. She's just a child. She's just a fucking child. And now because her, her skinny friend neighbor according to her father is more lean and fit now she's gonna have that comparison like isn't that the most fucked up shit it makes me want to cry <laughs> i'm gonna cry <laughs> it's just don't do that don't do that this person is not overreacting if i was that mom personally i would be signing divorce papers truly honestly that is just like some fucked up business um but that is what i have for you this week kind of a crazy all over the place episode but i am appreciative again of my husband and all he does and the kind of father that he is so shout out to my love who is my biggest supporter in all my endeavors in life he the way he loves our kids and the way he loves me and shows up for all of us on a daily basis is just we truly are lucky people I love seeing him with the kids and, you know, he's into music with my daughter and he's into like Marvel and Star Wars with um, our son and our youngest. He's just, he's the best dada. We love it. So honey, thank you for all you do for us. I'm not going to get any more sappy or sentimental. That last story really, truly, honestly, I almost just cried because I am working in therapy right now on all things trauma childhood because I don't talk to my parents for good reason and i'm sure i'll dive into that on other episodes actually speaking of other episodes i think next week i'm gonna bring up tiktoks instead of reddit so because i have found a bunch of reddit um sorry a bunch of tiktok videos that i have saved that i want to like discuss because i feel like i you know on reddit like you see all the comments and like there's various opinions or whatever i feel like the comment sections on a lot of the TikTok videos I come across are just crazy. So I might play some TikToks and analyze them next week for episode four. But this is episode three. I know I didn't really do a recap of my life for the last week because I honestly forgot and just kind of dove into this. But this past weekend has just been 
absolutely asinine. And I'm excited for the kids to get back into their schedule tomorrow. So episode three, I will see you next week for episode four. Let's go. Oh, 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 o